the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. Welcome back. Wednesday, January 6, 2020. 602-508-0960 is the number to call in. Um, there's a lot that can be on your mind and a lot uh, to talk about, and we'll do it. Uh, I... Um, Delivered a slightly different monologue. Well, no, a t- t- totally different monologue than I had prepared for today. Uh, so maybe in the third hour I will uh, do it um, as planned. Uh, the one I delivered at the top of the last hour had more to do with the breaking events at the U.S. Capitol. But happy to take your call on that or anything else. Um, as I say, it's all you. We don't have any guests till the next uh, hour. John in Phoenix. Hi, John. Hi, how you doing? Seth? I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm concerned and worried about our our country. It's been a it's been a long haul of concern for our country and countrymen, hasn't it? It has. And the reason why I'm calling is four years ago we were extremely concerned about the takeover of our country from the left. We were worried about the waste, fraud and abuse of our government. And we had hope once Donald Trump got elected we had a hope that something could be done about it. Our man was in office, and he did. He worked hard for four years to do something about it, but the swamp now swallowed him. And you had a call just a little bit ago, before the hour, in which the caller asked you, what should we do about a cheater? What should be done about a cheater? And you had a great answer. You said, you know, we shine light on it and expose it. Well, that's what was supposed to happen today. And I think that's why we have violence today. I think that's what happened today. The crowd blew up because they saw that they saw the last vestige of hope being pulled from them. Can I um, be a little bit contrarian with you on this, John? Just a little, uh, and you can tell me I'm wrong um, if if I if you think I am. I didn't, frankly, expect it today. Um, I I I knew there would be efforts at it, but you know, I was counting. Uh, using the same math you were using, and I knew that there was not a majority uh, that was going to be using today, January 6th, as the day that would shine that full and complete light that we're asking for. I knew that there was an effort to do so. I just didn't think it was going to succeed. I didn't think the numbers were there to do it. Um, And I think though, that that doesn't mean it should stop. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think we need to know. I think I think there does need to be, regardless of what transpired today or what transpires tomorrow, there needs to be a wholesale and complete look. Um, John Hinderocker over at Powerline wrote something like this, I think, earlier this morning, but he had said things like this on the show before. Since November 3rd, he said to expose this kind of thing after the election doesn't give you enough time to do something about it. It just doesn't. Not not really. You know, to expose 
a major fraud case, you know, you need a big budget. You need a year. You need to be able to call witnesses. Um, and every tragedy in America, if that's the right word, if you think about it, or every massive wrong in America, you think about how long it takes to uncover or examine. Um, it would be good to know. I don't, and I don't know actually we, how long well, we the Warren Commission kind of worked. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You know what I'm saying. We, certainly don't have that kind of time. We waited 60 days. It's been yeah. more than 60 days since yeah. the election. Yeah. Everybody knows that this thing was stolen. I, I don't care what the Democrats say. They know what happened. They, they know that something, they may not know the details. There's a lot of people don't know any of the details. But they know that there was no way Biden was going to win. I mean, you, you just without even citing all the hard evidence and examples that they've got, just looking at Joe Biden hiding out in the basement, couldn't get 150 people to a rally um, before this thing. There was no excitement, no uh, buzz about Joe Biden being an, a great candidate or a, the man of the future or any, anything like that. There was no way he was going to beat Trump before this. I don't care. Arizona is not a blue state. Well, Georgia John, I, you know, state. I'm in, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I can't be so convinced of the point as you are. Um, and I and I know that may not be popular, but let me just pose this. Pose this. Um, it, I, I think it is rational for Democrats to think Joe Biden won. There were indications that he could, namely every single poll, right? Um, that 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 they is certainly an indication. What? Go ahead. They didn't trust those polls. Well, I don't. Okay. They didn't trust after after what happened in 2016. They had no confidence in those polls. Okay. Um, and and yeah. Seth, please understand, I'm not trying to convince you. No, 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 and I'm not I mean, trying to convince I'm, you. I'm just trying to say I'm I think say it's people, I think it's I think it's a strong. I mean, I think it's I think the case is is yours to lose. I do, but I I do think it's not entirely true that the Democrats know and. No, no, that, that that they couldn't have beaten Trump. I mean, okay, I, I, I a, I'll tell you why I worry about it. I'll tell you why I even say it. Uh, the only reason I say it is this, John. Um, and again, feel free to respond any way you want. The only reason I say it is this is we may, may, italicized, underlined, underscored. We may have underestimated how unpopular our positions were. We may have, or how unpopular Trump was. We may have. I think it's possible. That's all I'm saying. That's, and if we possible. underestimate it, we have problems going forward. That that is a that is a legitimate uh, uh, point to make, and I, I think that you know we do need to reexamine that. But my point is, the people in D.C. today believed it. They believed in Trump. They believed in in the United States, and now I think they're reaching a point where they're saying. We're going to either lose America if we don't do something about it. It's time to rise up. It's time to do something. We've watched a whole summer of Democrats in the streets. They have uh, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of damage they've yes. created. Yes, and, 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 and death, and death, and death. And dozens of people have yeah, been murdered. Right, yes. right. And nothing has happened. And we've been through a pandemic. Americans are sick and tired yes. of what's going on. yes. Patriotic Americans. We've watched our children be indoctrinated. And by the way, I think these shutdowns have contributed to both, to, 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 to both aggravations. Yeah. I, I, I totally think you put people in unnatural, cooped up situations. They're 
it's it's unnatural and they're going to act out unnaturally. I do think that and, too. And the very people we are sending to Washington, and I'm not just talking about Trump, but I'm talking about the the congressmen and senators, the people that we have sent to drain the swamp. They've all the all the conservatives have talked about, you know, standing up for what's right, and and then they become swamp creatures themselves. And I think the conservatives are just getting sick and tired of watching it over and over. Well, I am. I get that too. I get that too. But you know, we let me say this though, and and I hate to keep arguing with you, but I do want to do both sides of the coin just because I think it's healthy for us to think. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I think you know, I think of January, Janice, the god that looked forward and back. I want to look both ways at this if you'll, if we can. Um, You know, I have said, and we've done this a few different ways, that um, you know the. Trump or the conservative or the uh, renegade, if you will, Republican is a fairly rare creature. Generally, Goldwater was rare in the Republican Party in the 60s. You remember the moderates led by Romney or at least Romney walked out. George Romney walked out. You know, he was trying to throw the, the money changers of the Rockefeller wing out of the temple, if you will. He was the renegade. If that makes sense. Um, Reagan, the next incarnation of that, was the renegade. He challenged a sitting Republican president, for goodness sakes, in 76, right? And then in 1980, had to fight tooth and nail against the Doles, the Bushes. And by the way, even other what we think of as great conservatives who weren't on board with Reagan from the get-go. I mean, it took them a while to get on board with him. Conservatives we lionize today. Um. It's a it's a rare thing. And and, you know, say what you want about all the others. But then you get a Trump. And I think he's in the tradition of Goldwater. I wrote a book or co-authored a book on it called American Greatness. I think it's, it's that very tradition of the modern conservative movement. It's a rare thing. But having said that, having said that, I think our bench and I it's a hard day to be optimistic, but I do think our bench is much more in that tradition now than it's really ever been. And this is such an important point. I'm going to ask that you hold and my other callers hold and come back to you on this if I can. Can you sit with me through this break? We'll do one quick other point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you make it. Uh, This is is way too important to give short shrift to. You bet. All of you. John, John, Rob, Carol, and Jeff, don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. So much to talk about. We're doing it uh, with full bank of calls. Great. We'll get to all of you, I promise. John and Phoenix, um, you had some other thoughts you wanted to share, and, I'm, and I'm, I, I want to take them with you. But I, I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to where I left off, which was given how um, rare the renegade Republican is. Renegade's the wrong word. Let's say true conservative Republican, <laughs> maybe. Uh, is how rare that character is. Um, it's amazing to me. I, I think that we have a bigger or deeper bench of it than we've had in the past, and we can run through names. But, but I, I, I think Trump created something of a of a movement that is stronger now and more dedicated now and more um, articulate and able and prominent now than um, came from other, other, uh, other, other efforts. I, I would tend to agree with that to some, 
some extent. Uh, it's not quite the Reagan revolution uh, that I lived through. That was I, be, I was part of. Uh, and be, you know, I went from voting my first election for uh, a peanut farmer from Georgia, unfortunately. And uh, a lot of conservatives did, I, by the way. Did you know that? That's a little secret. Not a lot of people know. Well, it. a lot of conservatives bought into the fact that just because he was an evangelical con- Southern, con- so, quote unquote, Southern Democrat. He'd be on, yeah. on that side, and it turned out to be not true. The, the evangelical farmer yeah. got me. Yeah, and uh, I was in the year, in the year of the born again movement, right? Yeah, right. It, yeah, and yeah. I was from Nebraska, and, sure. and just thought sure. that uh, yeah. he was a farmer. No, I, I think Jerry Falwell may have voted for him. I think maybe. <laughs> Maybe the, yeah, no, the Almond brothers. The Almond brothers liked him. And that's well, what got well, me. yeah, no. I mean, I think I think the moral majority that fought. The reason I say is the moral majority that became prominent in 1980 was made up of a lot of evangelical uh, conservatives who had been betrayed by Carter. Well, in any event, I agree. It's, it's, I agree. Anyway, so, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Kind of leads, leads to my next point, and that is, I'm watching today. I'm, I'm seeing some news coverage on MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, etc. And they are villainizing these people at the Capitol today. As maybe they, it doesn't surprise me. Right. It doesn't surprise me at all. Right. But their selective indignation to be and sure. disgust over what happened today. Yep. After months yep. of BLM and Antifa. Yeah, most, mostly peaceful, right? Mostly peaceful. Mostly, mostly yeah. peaceful. Yeah. People and will do what people will do. I'll never get over that statement of Nancy Pelosi's. I'll never get over it. Ninety-nine percent of the protesters in Washington today were peaceful. Yes, more than, yeah. So, uh, but their their disgust and their and they're doubling down on the vilification of Trump sure. and all things Trump and sure. Trump supporters. Sure, they're doubling down on it, and they do so at their own peril because people are. It's just going to push our buttons and make us that much matter. Well, that's why uh, I think Joe Biden is just making a big mistake the way he keeps talking. Um, as if, you know, 80% of the country voted for him. Uh, you know, yeah. he has made not one single effort to say something decent to his opponents. Not one. Not I th- one. I think every every statistic I've seen, at least a third, at least 33% of the American public think that this election was stolen. I've seen higher, yeah. I've seen higher. Yeah, I've seen higher, but I'm saying that's the, that's the threshold. That everything's above that. And if a third if, of if the it were 25%, it would be scandalous. Yeah. Yeah. So why can't they look into it? Why can't they investigate I agree. it and, I agree. and not disenfranchise a minimum of a third of the voters? I agree. I say uh, it's, it's much closer to 50%. Totally agree. Totally agree. And, I, and that's the disgust and the angst over what happened today. Sure. I think that's what... And if you notice, I think it's appalling what happened today because it happened at the nation's capital. Yes. But it is a far less less violent crowd than what we've seen of course, all summer long. Of course. There's something institutionally uh, that hit. And anything that takes place in New York City or Washington, D.C. itself is going to be magnified because that's obviously where the media is, too, based, right? Um, but, but yes, of course. I, I, where were these voices in the summer? Where were the voices in the summer? I have nothing to apologize for. Nor do I suspect you do. I'm denouncing vociferously and did so in my monologue what those rioters did today. And I'm calling them rioters. I have no problem doing it. It was wrong. Yeah. And in in every sense of the word, as far as I'm concerned. And I said the same thing about it during the summer. Why is it only wrong to half the country today? 
So you know what? My, my, my Twitter feed, my Twitter feed today was full of denunciations. I did not see that in June, July, and August. Yeah. My, my wife just pulled it in the driveway, and yes, she's sir. sitting out there listening to me talk to you on the radio. Well, tell her to come in and make us dinner, for goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah. well, she, dinner's not going to make itself. What's your wife's first name? We'll do a shout-out to her. Ruth. Ruth? Sounds like you have a great marriage. She's the light of my life. I love it. How long have you been married? Uh, I often say my entire adult life, but it's 40 years. Congratulations to you. What's the secret to it? Forgiveness yeah. and uh, just never giving up. Good. You gotta, you gotta stay with it. You gotta realize you married for a reason, and you're gonna, you know, it's not disposable. It's worth sticking it out. I love it. Jack Kemp used to introduce his wife Joanne to people, and I forget the exact number. Whether it was forty years, my wife for forty years, or you guys, guys. This is my wife Joanne. I've been happily married to her for forty years. She's been happily married to me for one. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty funny. Well, congratulations, and what a nice and good call, John. Thank you. Stay close and stay in touch, okay? And Ruth, you too. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. That was uh, that was great. That was great. Um, where am I going to next, Bill? Give me some direction. I think it's Carolyn and Mesa. Carolyn, hi. Hi. Well, today when I was watching all these things in Washington, D.C., they didn't know if it was a Trump supporter or maybe a Tifa or somebody in there. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened, and we were really appalled. Well, then almost immediately, Vice President Biden came on with this most beautiful, positive speech. It made him look so presidential and so good. I don't think he could have written that speech by himself. Uh, and he did a wonderful job reading it off the teleprompter. But I wonder if it was just staged. They did that, make us look bad, and then uh, Biden comes in as a presidential. Well, it's pretty easy to write a speech like that pretty quickly if you know what you're doing, I have to say, Carolyn. But you you are raising a point. I mean, the way some of these people, the pictures of some of these people look, I mean, we're going to have to find out who they are and what they are. There there are some questions about that, I, I take it. I'm I'm going with the conventional thought that, you know, they they – they were part of the part of the uh, part of the support movement today. It, 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 but let me let me just put an asterisk on it. They may not have been. They may not have been. But you can write a speech like that pretty fast. Uh, Joe Biden certainly didn't write it. Um, you know, he didn't write it because he quoted Abraham Lincoln wrongly in it. And he spoke about how it put him in mind. It reminded him of what Abraham Lincoln said. It didn't remind him of what Abraham Lincoln. He didn't know that quote until today guarantee it and he garbled it so you know it's the work of speech, which is fine i mean people have speechwriters i get it i've been a speechwriter trump has speechwriters it's fine you can do those things pretty fast if you know what you're doing we'll be right back welcome back to the seth liebson show i take it every single day without fail balance of nature if i'm traveling i make sure it's the first thing i pack I don't want to miss a day of it because every day I get 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables. It boosts my energy, my immunity, my vitality, health, everything good you get from tens of thousands of vital nutrients. In just one daily dose, take it in the morning and you are good to go. It's a great thing for recovery. It's a great thing for immunity, energy, and health going forward. They have a great deal too. 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies plus free shipping. Give them a call. 
at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. It is my single favorite product. Rob and John, don't go away. Jeff's right ahead of you, and then we'll get to you. Jeff in Phoenix, hi. Seth, how you doing? I'm well, sir. How are you? Good. Hey, I just uh, don't want to rag on you guys about the commercials, but, uh, you know, we can just put in perspective what's wrong with America right now. The last One of the last commercials I heard was fatherhood.gov. And the fact that we have to be, our government is telling fathers how to be a father, come on. But anyway, I got a whole freaking page here. No, so I've watched. Before you do that, nope. before you do that, <laughs> before you do that, have you been to fatherhood.gov? I have not. Take a look and then call me back and tell me if you have the same position. And the well, reason I, sure I say will. that is because this was the brainchild of uh, Robert Rector, who's a welfare expert uh, par excellence, uh, based at the Heritage Foundation that to encourage fatherhood um, in certain communities, uh, that it doesn't take a lot to do so and that it would be a good thing to do so with any venue you can. Um, and uh, I, I understand that, Seth, but then again, I understand that this is probably created by someone, uh, liberal intentions in the sense that government can tell people how to live their lives instead of going out and saying, uh, you need to be in your home. You need to be, instead of going out and selling drugs or doing whatever you're doing in any circumstance, whoever it is, be a father instead of being a criminal or leaving your wife or whatever. Well, who's going to tell you not to sell drugs and not to be a criminal if not the government? You're not going to get it from Hollywood or the New York Times, are you? Well, exactly. Right. But the government wants to tell you that, and then they can get there. Well, no. No, <laughs> not, no. you don't get people on welfare if you have a married couple in the house. You get people on no, welfare I'm, if no, you I'm don't. Saying, <laughs> I'm saying the government loves the fact, really, that there aren't fathers in the home. Well, some governments, our government happens to like it and promote it. Exactly. Okay. That's the government I'm talking about. Okay. And unfortunately, that's the government we have. So it gets, that's, it gets to my main point here. So I've watched all these things. I've seen these videos of women putting ballots. They pick the stack up. They put it in the machine. The, the, they pick the stack up out of the machine and put the same stack in the machine again. I've been to, I don't know if you know who Liz Harris is here in Arizona. She has documented evidence that it's not, fraud, it's not necessarily fraud. It's that it's fraud in the sense that multiple addresses document or uh, ballots are sent to them. And these ballots are voted on and then sent back. So who's doing this? Numerous circumstances of fraud. Okay. My opinion, my whole point on this whole thing is I don't like cheaters. I will get upset. My wife holds me back when I see someone cutting in line. Sure. So I am against cheating in all facets, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I see someone cheating, and then I say, okay, let's lock, because I'm a rule, I love rules. Sure. Because people won't lock me, they won't like me if there's no rules. Yes. Okay, I'll just say that right I li now. I like the old friend's so, line, rules control the fun. Yes, go ahead. Right. Yeah, well, I like rules because everybody has to play by the rules. Yep. Man. So, yep. and that's what sports is about. You have rules, but you play your best when you're on the field. You don't get any, you don't get any, uh, that's right. No, that's right. A fair competition is what we, uh, yes, you're fair right. Competition. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So if we all know the rules, but then we say, okay, so then we go to our, our lawyers and we say, uh, Oh, take this to court for us. And then the judges say, Nope, you don't have a case. I'll throw it out. Nope. You don't have a case. They don't even hear the cases. Seth. They don't even actually let people go up and hear the cases. What? 
as a normal a normal American out here who wants to play by the rules, who wants to be law abiding, do when we see that we can't even get the we. I want to. I'm going to be a precinct committee man. I'm going to do these Good. things. No, I think that's it. important. Yeah. But when the when the courts when the laws that we are trying to say we want enforced. When those judges are not doing that, what do we do? Okay, hold the thought. It's an important one. Hold it. Can you hold with me? I'll come back to you on the other side. We'll, <laughs> we'll flesh it out <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah, it's an important question. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're on? We're good. Okay, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, uh, 602-508-0960. We're talking with Jeff, who's raising a really important question about rules. And Jeff, I think this is on a lot of people's minds, but if they're just tuning in, I'll, I'll ask you to recast it or repitch it one more time just for their benefit, and then we'll get into it. Well, I just I want everyone to realize um, everything that's gone on here lately, what we've seen is all these lawsuits go to the court to um, basically explain uh, the circumstances that we've seen where I believe there's been cheating involved. Right. And every in every instance that I've seen so far, except that there is one case that's going to be heard in Georgia, right. and I think a few days. Right. But in every other circumstance, the judge has rejected it and not even allowed the, I don't know if you call them defendants or the person that's bringing the case, the argument, to argue their case. Right. They completely reject them. Right. As a process matter more than on the and, merits, in other words, is your point. And, and, we never and, okay. got the fair hearing. We didn't get a fair hearing is your larger point, right? Exactly. Right. And so if we're supposed to be in a law, in a country where the law and the justice system is blind and we're going to get a fair hearing, when we see we're not, what do we do? Okay. How well, do we react? Sure, sure, sure. I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm sure you do too. And let me start by saying, first of all, small reality check. From my perspective, maybe not others, but from my perspective – I've always thought after the election, too late. You're not going to be able to do this post-election. It's just you can't do this in two months. You cannot. Uh, you know, you think of any normal case that takes place, whether criminal or civil, it's not going to be resolved in two months. And you think about a presidential election, all the more so given all the tensions and obvious interests involved. Um, so I think at a certain level, um, Jeff, at a certain level, uh, we we – it, it, it's cold comfort, but quite frankly, the administration has some answering on their own part to do about this. In May, in May, Donald Trump threatened to withhold stimulus money to states that engaged in uh, unsolicited ballot mailing. OK, uh, that 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 was a threat that he did not carry out. He should have. He frankly should have. And there should have been a strategy knowing what they said they knew was going to happen with this process of mail-in ballots. They all said it from Attorney General Barr to Donald Trump that this was going to be subject to a lot of fraud, playing with fire. They should have had things in place that were more than a week after the election protest rallies held by Corey Lewandowski. That was not a plan and that was not a strategy. So at a certain point, there's some answering by this administration on that and it, and it let us down. It just did. I think we have to be honest about it. At least I want to be. Second, if we're willing to go to court to get a fair hearing on these things, because I think probably like you, if you're like me, 
Jeff, you got a lot of different allegations thrown at you about cases and examples of fraud. Some looked more meritorious than others. Some got completely dismissed as just not true. So, you know, there's 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 a question as to what was legitimate fraud and what wasn't. And if we're willing to go to court on that and try it and prove the case, we have to be knowing that we're going to court also willing to lose. We may not be right if we're willing to go to court. We may not be right. And if it turns out we do lose, the question really becomes, throwing it back to you, what are you prepared to do if Biden is the president of the United States? Well, I'm going to go on as business as usual, but I'll throw it back to you. How long do you think it will be able, I'll be able to call this radio station and say, and, and my, and say I think Joe Biden is a criminal and a treasonous traitor? I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. So at what point that that if someone comes to you and says, you can't take that call or that can't be heard on your radio station, what do we do? Where do we not comply? Well, okay, fair enough. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And I think the answer I've been I've been saying this for months. I think the answer is found in the Declaration of Independence. And when it is right to take up those 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 positions and when it isn't. And we're not there yet. And the reason we're not there yet is because we're not. And well, well, hold on. One thought. One 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 last thought. One last thought. And I'll I'll give it back to you. Okay. I don't know what Hillary Clinton thinks. It's just impossible to know. But an awful lot of her supporters thought about Trump's election, what you and I think about Biden's election. Right or wrong, they did. Right or wrong. Whether we have a better case than they do is irrelevant. They truly and sincerely thought about Trump, what we think about Biden. That was not a rational reason for them to take to arms. Right? It needs more than a belief, and it needs more than a suspicion. I'm not asking people to do that at all. I'm asking at what point, because... There have been things done in the last six months that have never done in America. Correct. Never. Correct. Ever. Correct. We have a media, that a technology system that has never been ever in America. We have a, I mean, this is global, worldwide situation here. This is not just America. I mean, this pandemic, all these other things. So, you know, no one, and, and, and I guess this is my point because I was going to say, my wife asked me all the time, what do we do next? We are, and then Trump is a leader, but I only, I believe Trump is only a catalyst. He's beginning. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, point. we agree on that. We agree on that. He's the tipping point. Right. Because or he's the tip of the spear, the, maybe. We have been yeah. blinded. We, we have been sitting back. We have sat in our easy chairs and our recliners and watched the TV. Well, that's my biggest vote. problem, Jeff. I mean, right? That is my biggest complaint. And, Absolutely, you know, I say Jeff. it all. Well, hold on. I say it all the time. You know, they treat politics like a church and a religion, and we don't. And until we're willing to do the hard work of taking back our institutions, we got to be prepared for more and more of this. You have 30 years of 8 million children a year graduating high school and college steeped in socialism. That gets you over 200 million people over the last 30 years. That piper is going to that piper is going to call the tune at a certain point and I think it's calling it now. What are we prepared to do about that? I like that you're Absolutely. becoming a precinct committeeman. Go join a school board. We have to do that kind of work, right? 
absolutely we have to do that kind of work. I don't disagree with you, but I I only question are we past that are we past doing the work? Well, I can't say we're past it before he's even sworn in. I'm not really there yet, right? I'm not there okay. yet. Well, I'm not there yet either, but I think I mean Merrick Garland is you, you could have done worse than Merrick Garland. I'm not happy about any of this. Believe me, I was pro-Trump before a lot of people on this network and others who are really pro-Trump. They're late to the game as far as when I got on board. Well, absolutely. I'm just telling you, you know, we're not there yet. But you said something a while ago about the Republican Party. Yeah. And you said, you know, you had Goldwater as the he was a maverick and you had Reagan as a maverick. And I mean, it, it just shows it just shows you how for so long we've all been deceived as far as people that. I don't even like to say conservative anymore. People that believe in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and want their own freedom. Sure. It shouldn't I mean, be that what hard. What people do we call them? It shouldn't be that. What do we that... call those people? Well, I think you call them constitutionalists or Americans. Because they're not Republicans. <laughs> but, but, Jeff, you know, a serious point. Look at the movement he created and the people and the stars in it now that are more numerous than Reagan and Goldwater had. I can run the names again. Charles, uh, listener, has been accounting for them. It's it's a bigger movement now than it was. Someone caller earlier said they were part of the Reagan Revolution. How strong was that revolution? It gave you George H. W. Bush. We have something much stronger now than then. I think we do. I really do. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, Dave in Avondale. Rob, Mike, don't go away. Dave, you're up. How are you, sir? Seth, thank, thank you for taking my call. Sure. First of all, I want to say that I am a Ronald Reagan Republican and also an early supporter of President Trump. There you go. And I had friends and family that thought I was smoking and inhaling. <laughs> yeah, right, but, right. Um, Me too. Three, Me too, three, by the way. Me too. Uh, Me too. Okay. I, I appreciate that. I do believe that there was voter manipulation. But the three things for me, and I I just want to share this with you. Sure. In my mind, first of all, the president fired his top strategist from 2016. One of the guys that was really um, the catalyst to get him elected. Second, um, Senator Tom Cotton was one of the first ones to ring the bell in terms of COVID. And I believe the president and his team should have been on top of this sooner. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed in my president. And I, I don't know, after all this nonsense that's been going on, um, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm going to fight for this uh, country. I have fought for this country. And how about people like me? What's our next step? Run for school board. Oh, I know, I know. But that's what they did, and they changed the curriculum, and they changed our history, and they put socialism into twelve years of education, if not sixteen years. I, 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 you know, I, I have to tell you, we have got to be prepared to roll up our sleeves and do that hard work. 
I'm reminded of the story of that woman, you know, running across the street, La Cienega Boulevard, almost getting run down, jaywalking because she was worried she'd be late for a school board meeting. I guarantee you she was a Democrat. No Republican ever did that. And I bet it happens 1,600 times a year, if not more, across the country. Um, No, they figured that out. They figured out the mechanics. They got under the hood. They figured out that they would get us through our children, as Allen Ginsberg told Norman Podhoritz. Um, and they got a lot of them, a lot of them, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions over the last 30 years. And that chicken is home to roost here in America. I mean, how is it we lost so many institutions, so many, and we just kind of shrug as every time we see something, well, okay, that's fine. Don't take Colin Kaepernick that seriously, you know, so they want to change pronouns in the schools. That's just let him have it. Go ahead. Let him do it. Oh, they want to, you know, introduce a new kind of founding date to the American story of history. Go ahead. Let, and we kind of shrug our shoulders. That's just in the schools. Once they graduate, they'll be fine. Well, no, they graduate and they become the editors and censors at Twitter and Facebook and the next CEOs. We, we, we have got to match them sword for sword, measure for measure. 